The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. King immortal, invisible, the only true God, the ruler and the possessor of all heaven and earth. You're the king of all kings. You're the Lord of all lords. You rule and reign supreme. Lord, your word is law in all heaven and earth. We worship your majesty. We give you praise and glory and honor and adoration for you alone are God. Father, may it please you to breathe your very life into us this morning. Oh, may it please you to conform us into the image of your son. May it please you to empower us by your spirit that we may walk this earth as your true representatives, that your kingdom may prosper in us and through us. For it is in Jesus' precious name we have prayed. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, choir. Thank you. Okay, I'd like to go to I'd like us to go to John. John chapter 21, I'm going to read from verse 15. John chapter 21 verse 15. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then, take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time, he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you, Jesus said. Then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? Jesus replied, 
I want him to remain alive until I return. What is that to you? As for you, just follow me. So the rumor spread among the community of believers that this disciple wouldn't die. But that isn't what Jesus said at all. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Amen. The first thing we have to decide is what the question our Lord Jesus Christ asked Peter meant. When we add others to it, then we have a context, a context, a context. That means, do you love me more than these other disciples? If that was the question, then we can relate it directly to the incident before the trial of our Lord Jesus began in Luke 21. Let's take the Luke verse, Luke 22 verse 31. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me, again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you and even to die with you. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. Peter was very confident of his loyalty and love. But that confidence vanished in the face of real pressure. You know, when we say, oh, yes, I love the Lord with all my heart. I will do whatever the Lord asks me to do. And then sometimes when you find out what the Lord has asked, has demanded of you, you back, you, you, you draw back and uh, make excuses. Those are the realities that you and I face. Okay? Matthew captured a more graphic exchange that night of the trial, perhaps because he too was there. Matthew 26, 31, then Jesus said to them, all of you will turn against me this very night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go to Galilee ahead of you. But Peter said to him, even if everyone else turns against you. I certainly won't. Jesus said to him, truly I tell you, this very night before a rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter told him, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. Now, our Lord Jesus was quoting from what was written already, prophesied in Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is my companion, says the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. Then I will turn my hand against the little ones, 
Now, now, when we begin to examine the events of Easter, we have to realize, like Peter said, it wasn't that our Lord Jesus Christ was weak. It wasn't that he was incapable of being defended by the armies of heaven. But everything that happened was ordained by who? God Almighty. Yes. Was ordained by God Almighty. Perhaps this may account for the message given to the women by the angel. You see, when you think that Peter made this confident boast that even if everybody vacates, even if everybody runs away, I will stay with you to the end. No, it's important to make commitment about our loyalty to Christ. Because when we do so, then we are ready. We are primed to face the challenges. Because there are challenges. When you come to Christ, there are challenges. Okay? And these challenges, we have to face and overcome in order for our testimony to be able to change other people's lives. We have to. The angel, when he was sending the message of Christ's resurrection, sent forth a word of forgiveness because this is about forgiveness and the power of forgiveness to restore people, to, to restore their confidence, restore their ability to function, to give them the courage to start over. Forgiveness is very important. It's not just that the forgiving, that you have forgiven, but the forgiving must know they are forgiven in order to restore their confidence. And that's why the angel sent a message in Mark chapter 16, verse 4. But when the women looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, he is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Verse 7. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb. But they trembled and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. Now, by mentioning Peter by name, this message, we could say, was designed to confirm Peter, confirm his leadership role, confirm his significance to the work of the kingdom of God, establish the fact that even though he denied, even though he couldn't stand up to pressure, he is still relevant. And that's very important. He is still relevant. It is to assure him that the events of the denial at the trial have been fully forgiven and fully forgotten. 
This is the significant element in Christian forgiveness, which every soul that names the name of Christ must understand. The significant element. The first thing we must note is that Peter was deeply repentant. Okay? I want to look, I want us to read from Luke 24, 22, 54. They seized him, led him away, brought him into the high priest's house. Meanwhile, Peter was following at a distance. They lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, and Peter sat among them. When a servant saw him sitting in the firelight and looked closely at him, she said, this man was with him too. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him. After a little while, someone else saw him and said, you're one of them too. Man, I'm not. Peter said, but an hour later, another kept insisting, this man was certainly with him since he's also a Galilean. You know, it was like Peter was set up to meet detectives that night, you know. The first young lady said, I think you were with him. So, oh, no, 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 no. Another came and said, I think I've seen you with him. Say, no, you haven't. Then the detective came forward. Your dialect is Galilean. You must be one of them. And the Bible says he began to swear. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the cock crew. Then verse 61. Then the Lord Jesus turned and looked at Peter. So Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. Matthew tells us in his account that interrogators of Peter were the palaces, domestic hands. They were not soldiers. But yet, he did not have the inner strength. He did not have the courage. He did not have the boldness to say, yes, I belong to him. You and I may find ourselves in such situations where you cannot, you find that it is hazardous there could be consequences if you admit that, yes, I'm born again. Yes, I'm born again. You know, have you met those kind of people? When Are you born again? You say, well, it depends on what you mean. You know, I go to church, but, um, you know, um, but, um, but um, they, 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 they start mumbling. I asked a young man who came to my office, are you a Christian? He said, yes. I said, but you're not one of those fanatics who, who, go, who go witnessing everywhere, telling people about Christ. Said, oh, no, I don't do such things. <laughs> you know? So there are people who are quite happy to, to be labeled Christian, social Christians, you know? 
but not people who have a loyalty to Christ to spread the gospel of the kingdom of God to their neighbors because it may have consequences. If you go to their office to collect a, a job, you know, or a contract, and they know that you are born again, they won't give you. You know, they won't give you because they know that you will soon start saying you are going to pay tithes, you know, instead of coming to bring them their own percentage. <laughs> You know, Peter was totally repentant, okay? It's important, therefore, for us to know that um, for a Christian to fully benefit from God's forgiveness, we must be repentant. And every Christian needs to understand what repentance is means. Now, let me tell you what repentance is. Repentance is not, Lord, I am sorry. Repentance is not, Lord, I'm very sorry. Repentance is not, Lord, I'm very, very sorry. No. There is sorrow. Peter wept bitterly. There is sorrow in repentance. But that's not what repentance means. Our that sorrow will not be complete unless you must you are able to add lord by your grace i will not do it ah i will not do it again i will not do it again if you read the book of acts you see when the jews said to peter when they said to him you must not preach again in this name what did he say he said judge now should we listen to god or listen to you oh yes Repentance is, I will not do it again. If you do not add that, if you and I don't add that, then that repentance is not genuine. It is not genuine. And that's how you know whether you are making spiritual progress. Okay? That's how you know whether you are making spiritual progress. You can look into your life and see the things you have genuinely repented of and you do not do them what? Again, yes, you have stopped doing them. So that your life can become impactful. People can trust you, you know. There is, there is a trust that used to go with the name Christian. If somebody comes to you and says, I am born again, you, you regard them as people who have genuinely what? Repented of their sins. In other words, the things they used to do, they do them no more. Yes. And then you can trust them immediately. You can trust them. You don't have to have known them before to trust them. But because they say they are born again, you trust them. And you, are going, you believe that when push comes to shove, they will do the right thing. They will do the right thing. But you and I live in an age where that trust has been greatly eroded. Because when somebody tells you he's a Christian and you have great expectations of them, then you discover that they're not living up to their calling. And you and I must not do that. Can somebody say amen to that? Because we are called to be the light of the world so that those who are in darkness, okay, they can see the light through our lives. That's our calling. 
Our Lord Jesus Christ, he has taught his disciples what Christian forgiveness is all about. Two clear occasions we can see. One is in Luke chapter 17, verses 1 to 5. In Luke chapter 17, verse, he said to his disciples, Offenses will certainly come, but woe to the one they come through. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than for him to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Then verse 3. Jesus said, be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if, they, and if he sins against you seven times in a day, and comes back to you seven times saying, I repent, you must uh, forgive him. Okay? The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Now, it's important to understand this message. Okay? When Jesus said to them, if someone wrongs you seven times in one day, and seven times in one day, they come and say, I'm sorry. You must what? Yes, you must forgive them. But you and I know that there are people, even after one week, they haven't forgiven. There are some people, even after one year, you say, ah, I see you and that uh, uh, brother. When he's coming this way, you're going this way. say, yes, sir. I don't want to have anything to do. Uh, even husband and wife in the same house. You know, one uh, uh, sister told me that uh, if the husband is annoyed, okay, once he's annoyed, he will be grunting. Mm. 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 He won't talk again. Mm. Mm. You know? Mm. You know? And he may be grunting for weeks, so. Yes. Maybe grunting for weeks. You know? Now, after Jesus had taught that one in Luke 17, then Peter came in Matthew 18 and said, Lord, how many times could my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus answered and said, Seventy times seven. You know, you know, some people already calculated it's okay. This this man, I will just be counting. Okay, you've done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Once he has done seven, I can retaliate. Once he has done seven in one day, I can retaliate. Okay, so so Peter said, Lord, let us be sure. So it's just seven times I must uh, uh, free him. Jesus said, No. Is 70 times 7. Ah, that is 490 times a day. And you know, some people may be very clever. When they get to 489 and it's 11 p.m., they will stop. <laughs> and, and they will say, well, if I do one more, ah, then you can retaliate. And once it's 12 midnight, then he can start uh, counting again. You know? 
But, but what was our Lord Jesus Christ saying here? He was saying that there is no limit to forgiveness so long as the people are what? Repentant. But you know, a lot of people will, will hear that and they think that, hmm, okay, that means that um, until they repent, I, I'm not really uh, obligated to forgive them. They have to repent first. They have to repent first. But that's not what it means. That's not what it means. You see, if somebody, Jesus is teaching us that if somebody wrongs you, if somebody wrongs you, you must forgive them. You see, it's when they repent that they know you have forgiven them. Am I making sense to you? Okay, you step on my toe. Okay, I've forgiven you. But you don't know I've forgiven you. When you are coming to me, you are very careful. This man, I don't know, he may slap me if I go there. But when you now come to me, you discover that actually the, the time you stepped on my toe was the time I uh, forgave you. Yes, that's the time I forgave you. Some people are waiting. Well, I have to wait for them to show repentance before I can forgive them. No, that's not what the Bible is teaching. You forgive them, you know, and then... When they now come, you say, well, I've already... Yes, that's what we learned from Joseph. You know, the brothers, the brothers, they sold him into slavery. And in that period, he suffered. He really suffered. Because for over 12 years, he was in jail in a dungeon. And finally, he became the prime minister of uh, Egypt. And then when his brothers came, he pretended he didn't know them. He pretended he didn't know them. And he continued to pretend he didn't know them until he heard them say, you see, it's because we sold our brother into... Eh. You see, that's why all these things are happening to us. And then Reuben is saying, Sebi, I told you people, I told you people that we shouldn't sell him to slavery. Look at now, all the problems that have come upon us. Now, by the time they said that, Joseph realized that they are now what? Repentant. And said, then he told them, I'm Joseph. I'm Joseph. You meant it for evil, but God has already turned it to what? To good. Yes. Yes. He, did, he didn't forgive them that day. He had seen the hand of God through it all. And so he had already forgiven them. But he didn't tell them until they started saying, that thing we did is what? Wrong. Yes. Yes. So it's not that when people hurt you, you have to wait until you really know that repentance. No, you must forgive them. Why is this necessary to forgive them? Even when they, they hadn't come to say they were repentant. It's so that you can be free. To bless them if you have opportunity. You see, if you didn't forgive them and you were on the scholarship board and then there's a child, you know, the man who's forgave you, who hurt you is Mr. Johnson. And then you look on the list of candidates needing scholarship. Johnson, it's okay. Quick Johnson are you? Quick Johnson are you? Johnson of Okitikukwa uh, Waterside. Yes. That the man that is, uh, yes, okay, okay, don't worry. Don't worry, you will get it very well. 
you know. But if you had forgiven him before, before that, then you wouldn't have to uh, uh, retaliate on, on the child. That's why it is important for you and I to understand Christian forgiveness so that God Almighty will continue to use us to be a blessing to people. And then that testimony will change the lives of other people. That in spite of the fact of, of what they did to you, it did not affect the way you treat them. That's why what God wants you and I to go and practice on the, in the world. Okay? And that's why Jesus told that parable, you know, about the two servants, you know, in that same chapter 18 of Matthew. One owed, say, 100 naira. They forgave him. Another one owed, uh, 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 owed uh, 10,000 naira. They forgave him. He went and caught somebody who owed 100 naira. And he put the man in what? In jail. Now, I want to read for you what our Lord Jesus Christ said there. Because it's important for you and I. And his master got angry, Matthew 18, 34, and handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that he was owed. And Jesus said, so my heavenly father will also do to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from where? From his heart. From his heart. So it is important then that you and I get this message of forgiveness. Because that's what Easter is all about. Jesus died on the cross of Calvary so that God Almighty can be free to forgive us all our sins. Yes. You know, a lot of people think that um, God forgives sins because he's merciful. It's only a part of the truth. God is merciful. But that's not why he forgave he forgive us our sins. He forgave us our sins because Jesus died in our place. Yes, that's why he forgave us. And that's why we can be confident of God's forgiveness. Because Jesus died for our sins. And in so doing, he taught us the lesson of Christian forgiveness. Everybody who, calls, who goes by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ must understand Christian forgiveness. Because Christian forgiveness involves restoration. You see? Restoration. When you forgive people, you restore them. It is called restorative love. It is not the love that forgives you and sends you away. Uh, forgiving him, but let him not come to this place again. You know, that is not what Christian forgiveness is. Christian forgiveness, he forgives people, restores them, and gives them another opportunity to correct themselves and live the right way. Some years ago, a young lady who used to work for us, you know, he came to my house and he said to me, Doctor, I was the one who took such and such, very expensive things. I was the one who took them, you know. I said, okay. There's no problem, we forgive you. You can return to your work. You can return to your work. Then, 
Other staff came to me and said, Doctor, you cannot return to work like that too. <laughs> cannot return to work like that. You know? No. Why should he return to work? It means you're encouraging other people to, eh, to be silly. Doctor will forgive me and then I will uh, return to work. You see? If God were to do like that then, God will forgive us and say, so, okay, you're now my child again. Like Jesus told us in the, in the, in the prodigal son, I've forgiven you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come back as my son. Here is the ring of authority. I restore it to you. Everything as if you have done nothing wrong. They say, ah, you cannot do that. When you forgive them, put them as second class uh, citizens. Yes. You know, put them as second class citizens. Don't restore their privilege. Don't restore their... That is not Christian forgiveness. That is not Christian forgiveness. And that's what tells you and I that Christian forgiveness does not keep a record of what? Wrongs. No, does, cannot keep a record of wrongs. So when somebody does something, you say, now, John, you spoiled this my tire the same way six months ago. Do you remember? Monday. On Monday, January 15th, you, you spoiled it. Now you have spoiled it again. Remember that two years ago, I see people with a record. You know, they can tell you the date, they can tell you the time that you offended them. You know? This, these are the things that um, um, our Lord Jesus Christ taught us so that we can begin to show the world the light of Christ. That people that have failed, people that have done something wrong, they are completely and fully restored. Okay? And there is no record, there is no evidence of what they had done before. And there is no evidence that what they did is making them not to reach whatever height they had proposed, God had proposed for them. This is what everybody must know. Preach and live. That's what God wants us to do. So that you cannot hinder um, uh, God in the life of a person or in your own life. Now, I want you to know also that this is a very empowering thing. Because you see, the, the, the prodigal son, he was coming. He wasn't sure how the father would receive him. He wasn't sure whether he would get any hearing at all. But by the time he came, the father was uh, ready to welcome him, to restore him to the fullness of his status. Now, you know in that story that the, the older brother was uh, offended by that. You know, there are people, when you forgive people, some people are offended. You know, they're offended. You know, you're, you're making them think that uh, 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 forgiveness is easy or they can get away with uh, wrong thing. When you try to um, um, take forgiveness for granted. What do you think will follow? The Bible told us in Hebrews chapter 12, if you take forgiveness for granted, God will chastise you. Oh, yes. And that's why the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 11, you know, and that's scripture on communion, that that's why many are weak and sick. And some have already what? died. Yes, some have already died because of presumption. You know. So God is calling us 
Easter is a very important thing because you see, it clears all the log, all the load that we have before God so that we can be free to live our lives without the burden of our past. You know, you can see a man walking on the road. He has a heavy load in by, on his, how will he be walking? You know, because of the weight he's carrying. And then forgiveness comes and clears that load so he can stand up erect and march majestically. That's the whole idea. That's the whole idea. Without the hindrance and the burden of the past. So God is calling us to arise and forgive one another even as Christ, God in Christ has forgiven us. What our Lord Jesus Christ did for Peter is to empower him again. Forgiveness empowers people so that Peter can return to leadership. You know, he knew that he left the disciples in the care and leadership of Peter. And he knew that that denial, you know, had hurt him badly. But you see, the, the people, the other disciples may have been thinking, this time that Peter has denied. I hope he doesn't come back to say he's leading us. Uh, uh, uh. So no, no. Jesus came to reaffirm Peter. And, uh, and in the second service, we'll look at that story in detail. It's very fascinating what Jesus did for him. And that's what he's calling us to go and do for each other. When someone uh, um, in your family, in your relationships, in your business, in your office, when they have failed, we use forgiveness to restore them. We use uh, forgiveness to re-empower them. And a lot of times, it breeds a new and higher level of loyalty. You know, because you have forgiven them, because you have restored them in spite of what they did, then they are deeply loyal and are able to continue to serve to the glory of our God. God is calling you and I, you know, because um, uh, um, it is important in our Christian journey to understand the power of forgiveness so that when we fail, if we fail, or when we no, well, whichever you want to see it, because uh, many people believe that invariably we all fail, you know, one point or the other. So, so it's a matter of when we fail. We must remember that God expects us to be what? Repentant. Okay? So it's not that um, they stole your 100 naira today. They say, I'm sorry. Tomorrow, they stole 200. They say, I'm very sorry. Then the next day, they stole 1,000. They say, I'm very, very... Eh. Then the next day, they stole 2,000. They say, ah, I don't even know if you will believe me, self. But I still want you to know that I'm really... No, not that type of repentance. The repentance is, I'm sorry. I will not do it. Yes, and that's how you recover the man. That's how you recover the man. I will not do it again. Then they become real pillars, you know. So God is telling us, particularly this Easter, when Jesus died for our sins, to arise and take on the challenge of forgiveness and use it to build your relationship 
particularly husband and wife, do not keep a record of wrong. Because when you forgive one another, then there is no burden in your relationship. Bow your head and let us pray. I want you to say to him, Lord, I need the capacity to forgive. Give me grace. Maybe you already have people that you have put in your black book that nothing, I must do nothing with them again because of what they said or what they did. I must do nothing with them anymore. No more. You've cut them off. Jesus didn't cut Peter off. He sought him out to reassure him that he is still in reckoning that his ministry, his work with the Lord is still there for him to accomplish. And if you're here, you have not known the forgiveness of God. You are yet to know the forgiveness of God. God wants me to tell you that no matter what you have done, no matter where you have been, and no matter what you did there, you can be forgiven. You can start a new life. You can become the greatest saint, you know, from being the worst sinner. That's what the Apostle Paul said. I was the worst of sinners. God has made me the, the greatest saint, one of the greatest saints. That can be your testimony. Is there someone here this morning? You want to know the power of God's forgiveness. You want to know the power of God's restoration. Wherever you are, just say to him, Lord Jesus, please forgive me. I truly and genuinely repent of all my sins. From today, I will love you with all my heart. I will love you with all my heart. And I will serve you faithfully until I see you in glory. Is there someone praying that prayer here? Is there anyone? I want to pray with you. Is there anyone? Just raise your hand where you are. Easter is the message of God's forgiveness to a sinful world. You and I. And he's empowered us to take that message to the world around us. Is there anyone here who needs to know and experience God's forgiveness? Shall we all stand? Shall we all stand? Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary pure and holy tried and true with thanksgiving I'll be a living sanctuary for me. Put your right hand on your chest as I pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice, wherever they may be, that Lord, 
as many as have received the forgiveness of God in Christ Jesus, we all together may arise to offer the same forgiveness to anyone and everyone who has wronged us. That we may be the light of the world in the midst of darkness. That we may bring the truth of God's salvation to many who are broken. That the kingdom of our God may prosper. And Lord, because you have restored us, empower us to carry that message of restoration to the world around us. That the kingdom of God will prosper through us. For it is in Jesus' awesome name that we have prayed. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.